Nurses and Hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. AI and technology are taking over healthcare at warp speeds. Will nurses be hearing the phrases, you're terminated, get the chopper? Will robots be replacing them at the bedside anytime soon? In this episode, we'll be discussing healthcare technology, AI, and nursing innovation with Dr. Bonnie Clipper. She is the author to the latest book, The Nurse's Guide to Innovation, Accelerating the Journey. The book is a how-to guide for nurses, nurse leaders, and even other clinicians who have inventions, innovations, and an entrepreneurial spirit. Dr. Bonnie Clipper is currently the Chief Clinical Officer at Wambi, a health tech company. She's known as an expert in the nursing innovation space and was the first Vice President of Innovation for the American Nurses Association, where she created the innovation framework that is inspiring 4 million registered nurses to participate in innovation to transform health. I'm also joined by my co-host, Sarah Gray from Trusted Health. This episode is sponsored by Trusted Health. And now a word from our sponsor, Trusted Health, a company built by nurses for nurses to understand what opportunities exist and connect to them in the most efficient and transparent way possible. They've replaced the traditional job search and staffing approach with an intelligent matching platform empowering nurses to discover opportunities that fit their unique experiences, preferences, and goals. Instead of a commission-based recruiter, they use nurse advocates, nurses just like you and some who have even traveled, who work commission-free. Because they're all commission-free, their goal isn't to get nurses into any open jobs. Instead, they focus on connecting each of their nurses to travel assignments they want and supporting them every step of the way, before, during, and after their assignment. Just in case you're wondering, they'll come right out and say it. No, they won't hound you with phone calls and emails about jobs that you're not interested in, just the information you want, when you want it. Interested? Check out Trusted Health at www.trustedhealth.com. Fill out some basic information about your preferences and qualifications, and you can get started viewing job matches personalized for you in minutes. Join Trusted. They're not just an agency, they're a movement. Welcome to the podcast, Bonnie Clipper. And Sarah Gray, my co-host. Hello. Hello. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. We're nearing the end of the year. Crazy. What a decade. What a decade. Yeah, what a decade. And Sarah was just in Hawaii. I am. I was in Hawaii, now back in California. Um, Not not your typical California weather right now, uh, Northern California. So nothing to be jealous of (laughs) this time of the year, but can't complain. Yeah, it's been rainy down here too in SoCal, but we like the rain, not on the freeways, but you know, it's much needed because we don't want to go into drought in the summer. I mean, I was in 120 heat uh, in Palm Springs all summer long, so I am happy for the rain. I'm like actually doing my rain dance. 
So we're going to be talking about nurses and technology. This topic scares me. I mean, uh, you know, cyborgs, AI, it's very, very real. I don't know if we're ready for it, but Bonnie, why don't you tell us about yourself and how you got into uh, technology? Absolutely. Um, I've been a nurse for a very long time. Don't want to give you the total number of years because it sounds uh, <laughs> creepier than it feels most days. Um, but been a nurse for a while. So I actually started out, spent many years at the bedside doing med surge, um, critical care and transplant nursing. I learned early in my career that uh, unless you seem to have some kind of leadership or management gravitas, Oftentimes, people didn't really listen to your thoughts and insights, so um, just kind of went back to school for a long time for a lot of letters after my name and uh, just kind of really got some experience that I thought was going to be helpful to put me in a place where I could really contribute. I was a chief nursing officer, chief nursing executive for 20 years, and that's one of those love-hate kind of relationships where there's nothing better than a great day in your organization, talking to patients, working with nurses, doing some really incredible things. And then some days you just get your ass handed to you. Yeah. So it's, you know, that kind of a job, but it was awesome. Uh, I pivoted from that in the last uh, probably five years into innovation was uh, I had the good fortune to become a Robert Wood Johnson executive nurse fellow and study innovation. Um, did a uh, fellowship through Arizona State and AONL and spent another year on innovation and became the first vice president of innovation for the American Nurses Association. So it's been an amazingly fun journey for me to learn all kinds of things that many nurses tend not to have the chance to learn. Excellent. So tell us about what you're doing now. So I'm a little bit of a schizophrenic person. I have two Me lives, too. Me too. right? I, I have schizo jobs. So I actually have an amazing job. I'm the chief clinical officer of Wambi, which is a health tech company. And I focus the majority of my time and effort with them. I also um, do some speaking and help organizations that are interested in propelling their own innovation work to really bring nurses into that uh, world. So I spend a little bit of time there as well. It's, um, it's crazy because both of my worlds overlap quite a bit. So I'm able to use a lot of my um, innovation-related skills and kind of the collaborative problem-solving things in that nature uh, in my, my kind of day job with Wambi. And it really kind of blends together rather nicely. My world generally is, has been for my entire career, uh, healthcare providers, adults, uh, children, you know, depending on who, who the providers are, what their roles are, and spending time with them to try to make their practice easier for them and, and maybe more enjoyable. So I, I like spending time doing that. Excellent. Um, I'm curious, Bonnie, uh, being, being another nurse working in technology, um, nurses in tech feels like such a broad term or phrase. And how do you think technology and innovation when it comes to what you're doing, how, the, how they blend or are synonymous versus different? Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, a lot of times when I talk to um, 
nurses or anybody for that matter about innovation, they sort of jump automatically to, to technology and that isn't necessarily the case, right? Innovation can be around models or systems or processes. It doesn't have to be technology. So I, I think we have to keep reeling people back into those conversations to make sure they understand that innovation is really doing things differently to transform or disrupt or bring value. So the technology piece is really cool. Um, as a nurse, you know, what I have typically understood was um, how to use things such as my EHR or different um, devices, uh, technologies that were utilized in patient care. Hmm. And if you're um, kind of a hands-on bedside nurse, you obviously have to understand how to use that technology. If you're a CNO, the understanding is different. While I didn't provide direct hands-on patient care, I had to understand the technology, how long the lifespan is, what did it interface with, what did it not talk to, were there workarounds that were necessary, what kind of workflows um, did it enhance or did it you know, hinder. So I think my understanding was different. What I love about technology is that it's moving so quickly, it, it isn't just about hardware. It's about you know things that we today called apps or applications, but a lot of software kind of um, web enabled technology. That's really the the cool place um, for me to be, and it's fun because nurses don't often understand that. While we see it in patient care, patients I believe are actually seeing more of it on their side when it comes to tracking and monitoring and utilizing those tools for compliance. So there's an opportunity for us to learn them as well to support patient care. I like that question. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and also the broad aspect of innovation because technology, like I said before, really scares me. I mean, that article that you had commented on on LinkedIn, Bonnie, about um, the guy that uh, I think he came out in psychology today. I have it right here about how he was saying that um, physicians are going to be replaced by robots. I mean, I just, it made me nauseous. I mean, because, uh, you know, I just worked on a project uh, that had AI involvement and what it's supposed to do is get the most accurate diagnosis so that you can code it appropriately so that you could get the, um, the reimbursements that you need for them, the, uh, the appropriate reimbursements. Uh, but they're almost saying that the doctor's going to be obsolete. I mean, it was just to me, it's very, very sad. Well, it's interesting, and there are a ton of books out there right now. Two of my favorites are The Fourth Age and The Robots Are Coming. Ooh. If you read those books, what, what comes out of them and what seems to be the theme is that the more repetitive or redundant a role is, the, the higher likelihood that that role can be, um, if not replaced, supplemented by AI. Right. And, and oftentimes we use the word robot when we really mean AI, because a robot's a, a, you know, it's it's a bucket of bolts and plastic and wires. Can you so just it, explain? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but explain what AI is since we're on that for people who don't understand. So, yeah, that's thank you for asking. Um, artificial or augmented intelligence. Really, it's it's an algorithmic process, essentially through um, 
math for people that are much smarter than I uh, to develop algorithms to essentially train a computer over the course of hundreds of thousands or millions of iterations uh, to actually make suggestions or predictions based on where they see where the computer sees the data going. So for example, through machine learning, we can teach mm -hmm. a computer how to recognize a cat or a dog, right? You show it a million pictures and computers have to learn this. So they actually will be measuring things like how many, you know, pixels wide is something, how many inches wide is something. They'll look for ears. Is it two ears or four ears? Do they have whiskers? Do they have a bunny nose or do they have a different nose? So over millions of iterations, a computer can be taught can learn how to recognize a cat or a dog. And then it begins to predict the cat or dog very regularly. So I have a, a story on this. I actually have a son. He did an internship um, on AI. And it was a fascinating opportunity for him. And essentially his job was to draw circles or squares around um, ships, uh, depending on their length or width. So over the many, many months drawing circles and squares around ships, then the computers started showing their own circles and squares. And then the interns had to validate the accuracy of whether it was a circle or a square. So it turns out that this particular exercise with the company was essentially to help smart bombs determine, um, you know, civilian vessels from non-civilian vessels. Interesting. So if you think about it, the same thing can be applied to cats and dogs and birds and people. And really, it can be applied to diagnoses. It's all algorithmic. So right. do these things show up within these ranges? If yes, then it's probably this thing, right? So you can see how if you were the person who kind of um, went through the extremely complex mental exercise to try to assess a patient and determine perhaps what their diagnosis was, you can see how that could be automated. Wow. Whereas yeah. nursing roles, we're so different. What we do while there's a, a clear cognitive component, and I think things like care planning, which many of us still kind of eye roll over, <laughs> those are things that can be automated. However, there's so much that we do perform that likely will never be automated, right? Our roles are just so all over the place every day, so extremely different. So nurses are sort of way lower in that list of roles that could potentially be um, automated, which I think is a great story for us. And, and then the flip side of that is we're going to have to figure out how to work with artificial or augmented intelligence to supplement or amplify our role. Exactly. And you bring up a good point. I mean, in Japan now, they have like robots, which are turning patients, picking mm -hmm. patients up. They have like videos that are watching Alzheimer's patients or bedridden patients, making sure that they don't have falls, which I think are all really great. The AI um, technology that I was working with writing scripts for was trying to determine the accuracy of what's going on with certain patients, like saying in COPD, what's going on with them? Are they not taking their medication? Did they start smoking again? And uh, are they not able to pick up their medication from the pharmacy? Uh, stuff like that. So that's to get that most accurate ICD-9 code for um, 
billing and stuff like, you know, but, and they were really focusing on the physicians and I kept telling them it's healthcare providers because you have nurse practitioners and PAs as a part of the team now. And so then they would change the script back and say physicians. And I go nurse practitioners and PAs, but the excellent viewpoint on that. Well, and what's really interesting to me is that we have the chance to get involved with kind of the design and development of robots that are going to assist us in so many roles. That's where I think nurses really need to get comfortable and push their way in and lean into those conversations. What what do you think that looks like? How does that, how does that happen? How do nurses get involved um, and, or how do nurses get involved and, or on the other side of it, how do uh, the people who are developing these technologies involve nurses? They read yeah, Bonnie's if, book. Well, but see, <laughs> if, right, if only, right? Um, but I think Sarah's right because it has to go both ways. So, you know, and, and here's kind of a website secret that people need to use, nurses and non-nurse companies. So if you go to NOBC, like Nurses on Boards Coalition.org, that is kind of an aggregator for companies looking to add nurses to their advisory boards. So that's hugely important because companies that are developing in the tech space should have nurses on their boards because yeah. our, our knowledge base is so completely different. We understand the whole continuum of care from entry to exit. We understand the patient dynamics at a very different level than um, typically than physicians do not a slam there but we spend more time with patients and families right we also have very very different workflows so when you think about it nurses are the ones that should be involved and i would say um in my role at the ana there were so many times that people would reach out to me to look at kind of their new product or device and and want to show me kind of a 15 or 30 minutes kind of webinar demo. Here's what we got going. And I would say, what, what problem does this solve? And so often it was a solution without a problem. And then I would ask them, have you involved any nurses? Majority of the time, the answer was no. We did. We had physicians though. Well, that doesn't help you, right? Very different lens. And there was actually one point I had someone say, yes, we did. And I say, what kind of nurses? And they, the guy goes, well, actually, it was a surgeon. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, because people think just because you're a doctor, it means you know everything. And that's not necessarily true. It, Unless no, just because. Well, if you're a physician, it doesn't mean you know nursing, nor vice versa. And we shouldn't try to, to speak for each other. We have to do it together. So it's interesting to me. I do think, and, and as I speak, I do tell people, I believe very strongly um, robotics, they're here already. They're being beta tested. They will be working with us. While I do not see them uh, replacing nurses, I do see them supplementing nursing. So I do think there is a point in time in which they could replace a patient care technician or a CNA or some kind of an assistant role. However, the nurse could be paired up with their robot for a shift or whatever that kind of schedule looks like because they, they can just do so many things to help support a nurse, but they're not going to replace the nurse. Yeah, I mean, it's something go ahead, here, go ahead. Here, at, here at Trusted, it's what we strongly believe is that technology can't entirely replace 
the human, the human element, the human component. And so what we do here is we, we build algorithms, we build technology, AI, you know, whatever you want to call it to supplement and complement the experience or um, the role of the nurse advocate to, to make them more efficient so that you can really shift that human at like the highly valuable, um, often expensive aspect, human aspect to where it really, really matters and can have the most impact on, um, on outcomes rather than, right? Like I used to say all the time when I was a bedside nurse, I didn't want my job to be easier. I wanted it to be easier to do my job. And so if technology can help me do that, then I'm right. Like we should be all for it. That's mm-hmm. an excellent point. And another thing is with these companies, they don't understand the nursing role. And we've talked about this with uh, the other podcasts that we've done. They don't know what we do because the media portrays us as just hanging up physician coats, just, I don't know, cleaning up patients. They don't know the extent of our job. And I've written articles on this. And it's our duties as nurses to just go ahead and educate people. And when we're talking to these companies and saying, hey, this is what I do, you know, and you have to be the one to approach them, I believe. Bonnie, what was the name of that organization that you just mentioned a few minutes ago? Nurses on Boards Coalition, nobc.org. That's excellent. So tell us about your book then and how you got inspired to write it. So often as I travel and speak uh, still around the country, nurses will ask me, hey, I have this really great idea. What do I do with that? Or can I email you, you know, this thing to look at? Can I show you what I have, you know, in my bag? Where do I go with it? What do I do? How do I get more money to try to make more of these? Those questions all the time. Still, I get them, mostly now through LinkedIn. So um, I, I got a ton of those questions. And over several, several months, I was sort of surprised at that. And I wasn't quite sure where to go. Because when you answer the questions for one person, you just answer the questions for one person. So it was clearly an opportunity to scale the way to communicate So I actually reached out to um, several nurse innovators and entrepreneurs that I had the um, good fortune to connect with and asked them if they would be interested in writing a book. So we basically, it took us 12 months from start to finish to put together the outline, divvy up the chapters. Everyone utilized their expertise, their own products or services or experiences, examples. And we put together the book, The Nurse's Guide to Innovation. What was super cool about it is um, we actually found a publisher. We worked through, um, we did three publisher interviews. And, you know, as nurses, we're very um, intelligent, organized, clever, savvy, and they weren't really prepared for that. So there were questions that some of these um, publishers in, in editing groups couldn't really answer for us. So we found one that we clicked with and we liked. So we worked with him. And the day the book launched, we were all aware that it was launching. We actually became an Amazon international bestseller in six countries. Excellent. And wow. he was shocked because he's published hundreds of books and none of the books that he's published have ever done that in six countries. And he certainly didn't think a nursing book was going to do that. So for all of us, we, yes, we were like feeling so incredibly proud of that accomplishment that it was a nursing book that did that. And 
it's still, it's out there. We had schools reach out to us that wanted to buy it as a supplemental text, yeah. different conferences that are purchasing the book. So it's really, it seems to have, um, it's filling a gap, probably bigger than even we anticipated. Yeah. I mean, it's so cutting edge. There's nothing like it. You guys are just, you're genius. You know, you're, you're such a... <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> or such a, um, what's it called? A... Um, I hope this is a good word. Evolutionary. No, it's a good word. It's like how you can, like you can foresee what visionaries visionary. That's it. Well, thank you. Yes. So that's excellent. That's so awesome. I think the concept of innovation or, you know, if you told me five years ago that I would be working for a startup, a technology company, uh, I would have probably, I would have been very surprised. Um, And I'm, I'm curious, Bonnie, one, did you ever imagine that you'd be working for a technology company um, in in the fashion you do? And then two, I get questions all the time, and I'm sure you do from nurses, like, how, how do I even make that career pivot? Or how, you know, if that's not something I want to do today, maybe it's something I want in the future. And it's not a traditional career path for nurses. And it's not clear for nurses, you know, how, how, how they get there, what kind of, what types of opportunities exist within companies who are uh, forward thinking enough to know that they need to hire nurses. And so, um, how do we, how do nurses think about working in technology as, as a, like a viable career option? You read my mind. I was just going to ask that question. Excellent. Well, so, so Sarah, you and I have talked about this, but here's the hard part. Nurses don't realize there are other things that they can do with their skills. And in nursing, now I'm going to generalize here at the risk of ticking some people off. In nursing, we often hold ourselves back by thinking that we have a skill set that's a narrow skill set that's intended to do a certain thing. And that thing is to care for patients. Now that's an amazing thing that we do. And we can do so many other things with that. So even yesterday I had a call from a young lady who is in uh, Sri Lanka, who is a nurse working on a master's degree and wants to get into computer science and technology. So we talked about that because she wasn't even sure where to look. And this, this happens frequently, this exact same conversation. Nurses will say, how do you even get these jobs? When I look at the job descriptions, it doesn't, when I search for things that, you know, for nursing, I don't find these. So I tell people don't search for jobs with nursing. Mm-hmm. Search for the jobs you, you're interested in and you just happen to be a nurse. And you pitch it, it. It, uh, yes, it isn't the thing we lead with. It's sort of our superpower, in my opinion, right? It's kind of like, hey, I can do all these cool tech things. And by the way, I happen to be a nurse. That's an amazing skill set. But also nurses don't know how to sell themselves. They don't know how to brand themselves. I think Trusted Health just came out with an article on that, right, Sarah? I, or I think it was you that didn't you write that on branding, right? Um, and I thought that was an excellent piece and it is so important to teach. So like they don't teach you in school how no, to they don't. make your own personal brand. You know, I, um, worked for a pharmaceutical company as a nurse consultant and I learned about branding and marketing cause that's all they care about is branding and marketing, you know, and they ingrained it in your head. And so I learned the value of that when I started my products and how to brand myself. 
Um, but I have various different brands and various different talents that I can do. So that's so important. Do you also um, write about that in your book on how to do that? Well, we do write a lot about marketing and branding. Um, from a nurse perspective, you know, I think what we did try to do um, and hopefully accomplish that was to really encourage nurses to think very broadly and outside any box so that they lean into conversations. Don't wait to be invited. Step in. Make your presence known. Offer you your go. thoughts and your ideas, right? Because if you wait, you're going to be waiting forever. And there's a real delicate balance here too. And, you know, again, at the risk of stepping on landmines, 90% of nurses are female, right? So right. we have to sometimes push a little harder or do things a little differently than, than we might normally have to do because we may not be invited. So I think it's extremely important to push and not wait to be asked because our story is such a compelling, amazing story and amazing viewpoint. We really just need to help get that out there. I think that's an excellent point. I remember back in the day what nursing computer science was called because I took a class back at, in, uh, at Cal State Long Beach was nursing informatics. That's <laughs> and so we learned about like tech computers and that was back in 98 when we were at the cusp of the internet coming out. And we learned how to put together a website, which was really weird. Because so, <laughs> back then the technology was just so um, like analog still in a way. So it was really weird. But yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I, I think though that we do to ourselves that isn't always as helpful as it's intended to be. So for example, there, there still are nursing informatics degrees what, why does it have to be a nursing informatics degree, right? Why is it different than any other informatics degree or data and analytics? Maybe there's a course that's specific to nursing, but it feels like when, when we are already sitting at the table, we're already a step behind because now like, Hey, I was just trained in nursing informatics as opposed to the three people around me who were trained in data and analytics or informatics, right? Why did why does there have to be a difference? That's yeah. It's like That's a great it's like the concept of like teaching to a test versus teaching to know and have the knowledge and, and experience. Yeah, great point. So wrapping up any closing points that you want to add, Bonnie or Sarah? I'd love to hear from Bonnie, like what's been most uh, surprising to her, she, like, you know, working in technology um, with like the, the depth of clinical experience and working within healthcare systems that she's had and uh, maybe some of the most exciting technology that she's seen or heard about um, that's going to change the way we work. Yeah, so I would say um, to the first part of that, Sarah, I think that there is an opportunity for us in nursing to learn how to kind of um, adopt technology or be involved with the design and development of that and learn about innovation, both of those at much faster rates than we are today, right? We still, I mean, we, we have this amazing profession and we're still kind of just mooching along. The world around us is changing so incredibly fast. I do worry about relevance, 
So we have to figure out how to change the way we educate new nurses. Yes. And not like, hey, we have a sim lab. Everybody has a sim lab, right? We should be using AR, VR. We should be using all kinds of amazing technologies to help us improve the way that we care for patients. So I think our speed is potentially a, it will, it will hold us back down the road. I think that's a challenge. The other part of your question, I, I think where there's going to be the most opportunity is going to be um, using things. Um, again, I'm going to go back to augmented intelligence um, and gamification. I think we don't truly understand the impact that those things are going to have, not only on nurses and the work that we do, also on patient care What's and compliance. So gamification, great question. It's applying game <laughs> principles in a non-game environment. That's what right? I thought it was, yeah. So things such as status, achievement awards, leveling up, um, you know, kind of different types of recognition, uh, points, things of that nature. A perfect example, one of the best used game of, gamified apps is actually the Starbucks app. Because if you check it, you can see with the little bells and whistles and dials, silver, gold, all those things, how far you are away from a drink, how many stars you have. That's gamified, right? So it sucks you in and you keep going to check it. The, the gamified app that I use the most is my um, United Airlines app because I can see exactly where my dials are every time I fly. But that keeps us engaged and pulls us in. So as right. we're using more and more of that, especially in the patient space, we're really going to see that improve compliance because millennials are drawn to that. So yeah, demographically, can, we'll get there. I can see how it can improve someone's health. Like you're like, okay, wait a minute. I don't want that second cupcake. I think I'm going to, you know, because on my app, I have this weight loss or my blood sugar is such and such or blah, 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 you know, so I can see that how it will have positives and, for health and take that to the next step. Right. So what happens when we all have that app and that app is tied to my insurance company and my insurance company is now interested in what I'm eating and my right. BMI and my weight and my diabetes. So if I don't eat two companies and or two cupcakes and I get extra <laughs> points, at some point, maybe do I see some, you know, money get put back in my account or a reduction in, you know, my premiums. Right. We had that at Children's Hospital of Los Angeles where they had a, a health coach that would call you and you had to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I think it was um, just on the honor method, if you did it or not, and how much weight you lost and what your blood pressure was. And then you got like a, a bonus of $250 at the end of the six months or three month period of however long. But now they have apps for that. So there goes another job <laughs> for one person. But yeah, um, such great t stuff, great topics, excellent conversations today. Thank you so much, Bonnie Clipper and Sarah Gray. So it, Bonnie, if people wanted to get in touch with you, your book, tell us about that. Uh, the book, The Nurse's Guide to Innovation, is available on Amazon, and I can be found on LinkedIn. That's where I spend a lot of time, so I can be found there. Highly suggest if you want to stay on top of all things nursing, innovation, and technology, healthcare, general, everything, uh, definitely give Bonnie a follow. Yeah, follow Bonnie. Thank you so much for <laughs> listening, everyone. Till next time. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Trusted Health 
Empowering nurses to discover opportunities that fit their unique experiences, preferences, and goals. Go to www.trustedhealth.com. Click on the link at the end of this podcast. Fill out some basic information about your preferences and qualifications, and you can get started viewing job matches personalized for you in minutes. Join Trusted. They're not just an agency, they're a movement. They're a movement.